This is a 980 CKNW podcast. Time to talk a little civic politics and with civic elections coming up not too, too far in the distant future. There are going to be some big changes at many councils around B.C., around Metro Vancouver. Max Cameron joins us now. He is the director at the Center for the Study of Democratic Institutions at the Department of Political Science at UBC. Professor, thank you so much for being for being back with us. My pleasure. Uh, How important is it, do you think, that we see this change and we see turnover, especially when it comes to civic politics? Well, I think it's, uh, it's positive. I mean, on, on balance, we don't have a lot of turnover. There's a high rate of incumbency. In other words, mayors and councillors often get reelected, and I think that probably reflects a relatively high level of satisfaction with our politics at the municipal level. But uh, municipal politics is also a feeder into the democratic process. A lot of people go into politics at the local level first and then run federally or provincially later. Uh, and so I think having vacancies opening up uh, and an opportunity for new people to enter into the process uh, is, is on balance a good thing. Uh, there has been some talk of when we look at places uh, where mayors or even councillors, for that matter, or um, uh, 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 trustees at school boards and such, I mean, there's some. Uh, Daniel Fontaine wrote about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, where uh, 38 years, 42 years on a school board, and, and jokingly said, you know, is it time that we brought in 30-year limits for these uh, terms in office? Uh, but is there is there an issue with, I mean, on the one hand, it seems like someone's doing a really good job, and that's why they keep being reelected. But uh, perhaps it also then leaves the door closed to, to new perspectives and to new voices. Yeah, I think there's a trade-off. You know, uh, if you've been in office for a while, you have the advantage of uh, acquiring the skills and knowledge that are necessary to uh, to do the work. Uh, so having uh, limits on on terms, which are which exist in in other jurisdictions at other levels of politics, uh, uh, not so much in our our country, but uh, in, in other places, uh, is intended to make sure that there is a continuous uh, stream of sort of fresh blood and. Uh, I can see the arguments for that, but uh, I think it's also the case that uh, it takes a while to learn how to do the job, uh, and and in fact, having people who have been there for a while uh, can make uh, make make government work more smoothly. Uh, is it also when we talk about voter turnout, uh, and I'm always surprised by this that the turnout for civic elections is so low, but it is the level of government where if you need to build a shed or if you have something, uh, a car, cars in front of your building or your home that are going too fast and you want a speed bump, it is the level of government where you can really change your day to day life or has an impact on your day to day life, and yet people often don't bother to vote. Is it that as as well that that it has such vo- low voter turnout that there just isn't the interest in either voting or getting involved in it. Well, it's interesting. There's a uh, it's the front line uh, in, in some in some respects. Many of the basic services that we enjoy are provided by municipal governments, and it's really important what municipal governments do because it has an impact. If you think about something like climate change, there are lots of municipalities can do, and if they do it across the country, uh, it can represent a very significant shift in things like the way in which we do waste disposal, the way in which we use energy, the way our cities are organized, how planning is developed, how transportation systems work. So it's actually an incredibly important level of government. On the other hand, it doesn't really have that much power. It can only tax property. It's essentially designed as a kind of property manager. It's not really uh, a constitutionally recognized level of government. It's the, the cities are creatures of provinces. Provinces create our municipalities and they can shut them down as well. So in, in, in some sense, on the one hand, it's, it's very important, but on, on the other hand, it's limited in what it can, in what it can do. 
and politics at the local level tends not to be uh, driven by parties. So there, there isn't the same kind of partisanship. That's not as true of the larger cities. In, in large cities, you, you do get party systems beginning to emerge, as we have, for example, in Vancouver. But in the smaller municipalities, generally speaking, they are collections of local people who are recognized by their community uh, and who are, are given you know, fairly, fairly uh, practical, concrete jobs to do. And interesting, when you mention things, something like climate change, which is a big issue, and and again, as you just said, the bigger cities, it's a little bit different than smaller. Uh, but on the one hand, is it an issue of balance in that, yes, you want your council to be aware of this, to be proactive when it comes to something like climate change, but it's a municipal government. What you what you really want from them as well is to pick up your garbage, to make sure there's not garbage strewn throughout the streets, that the sewer system works, that parks are kept maintained. So when you go to the park, the grass is cut. It is uh, the the job of the local council isn't all that glamorous. It's true, uh, and, but at the same time, those things are connected. So, for example, if we want to address climate change, then you know urban density becomes an issue, or how we organize our transportation system. So, on the one hand, they're doing really practical, concrete things that affect us very directly, and we can see them in in, in material ways. On the other hand, uh, if they do them well, then they are creating the kinds of cities that ten, fifteen, twenty years down the road. Uh, we're going to enjoy that are going to be livable. Uh, and if they do it badly, if they make mistakes, if they don't address problems that are coming down the pipeline, it can have very negative consequences for us in the in the future. Uh, you mentioned as well uh, learning what the job actually is. So I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, we've talked to you about this as well. The uh, You do the, the institute to where uh, people learn uh, how to be politicians. Is that one of the issues too, in that people might get involved and really don't have a, a good grasp on what the job is? Yeah, we run a summer institute for future legislators, which involves a couple of weekend boot camps where we encourage people to cultivate some of the basic skills and knowledge they need for politics. And then we take them over to Victoria and we run a parliamentary session, a mock parliament in, in Victoria. And this year, I think our focus is going to be more strongly on the local level, recognizing that we have the municipal elections coming up in October and there are going to be a lot of people running. There are 25,000 councillors and mayors right across Canada. And, uh, and, and thousands in BC alone. So there are substantial numbers of people for whom this is the entry level position uh, going into, into politics. And a lot of people don't necessarily have the, uh, an understanding of, of what's involved in the job. And so we're going to be take, bringing in experts, uh, bringing in people who have served as mayors and councillors at the local level to talk to our participants about what, uh, what life is, is like working in, in politics uh, uh, at that level. Um, they're, they're, the acquiring those those uh, those skills is is important, and, and one of the things that every politician needs to know is why they're going into politics. And I think that uh, what we often see at the local level, which is really inspiring in our democracy, is you you often have people who are visible in their community. They're doing something uh, that's important that matters to people in their local community, and people see that and say, "Boy, you know, uh, uh, this person is a terrific, you know." She should really run for local office, uh, and, and then they encourage that person to do it. So that's one of the ways in which people get involved in politics. We don't want to encourage people going into politics because they want the perks and the opportunity to, you know, to, to, to rub shoulders with counselors or to be visible in the media. You know, so you want, you want to think really hard about what is the reason for going into politics. And the best reason, I think, uh, is often uh, you already uh, know your constituency well, and you believe you can represent them. 
because there must be different motivations too. Whether and, and you just touched on this, if the why is because you were passionate about getting a stop sign in your community, and that led to you becoming more involved and standing up and and trying to bring in change, or if the why is because you want it as a springboard to another level of government and as a career move, those are very different motivations. Exactly, and I don't think you really necessarily want people who are, who are, I mean, it's not bad to have a political career, and there are people who, who start off in politics at a young age, and that, that's their whole life, so I, I wouldn't want to cast aspersions on somebody who sees this as a career, that's totally fine, but you want to think hard about what the motivation is. Uh, I was re- recently reading Ignatiev's book, um, uh, Fire and Ashes, and his, his life in politics, and I, I recall one, one part of the book, he talks about how he was asked by a group of liberals why he wanted to be the prime minister. And he, his answer was, well, I wanted to know whether I was up, to the, up for the challenge. And what he was misunderstanding there was the question wasn't, you know, what is the, what is the psychological motivation that, that sort of really, really drives you? It was, tell us a story about who you are that we can relate to. Uh, and so an- being able to answer that question, to say, look, I want to run because, you know, I uh, care about, um, you know, some, some issue that matters to the rest of the voting public, and I think I can actually address that issue if I'm sitting on council or if I'm the mayor. Um, that is a very powerful argument, and being able to make that argument and make it credibly, I think, is one of the best things that uh, can, can spark a political career. And and you touched on this as well. And and again, there are people who get involved, as you said, very young and have and their whole life in politics. But is there also a concern there if somebody is is has been in politics for decades? Uh, you haven't had a job outside of that. You haven't really been working or 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 done anything else. Can you kind of then be living in a bubble? Yeah, I think that's true. That you come in often with a, a real head of steam and you want to make change. And, and after serving, you know, two, three, four terms, you you may have run out of ideas. Uh, you'd sometimes get the impression watching some of our mayors that they, their heart's not in it anymore. They may have come in making big promises. Maybe they achieved a lot. Maybe they didn't achieve and realized they couldn't achieve some of the things that they wanted, and now they're ready to step out. I was looking the other day at um, Greg Moore's announcement to resign. He listed all of the accomplishments, and I think he's a, a good example of a mayor who's really achieved a lot, and I think he just feels it's time to let somebody else have a crack at it. You know, it's, uh, it's been a big effort. He's been in it for a number of years. He's done really well. It's a good time to step out and let somebody else run. There have been no scandals. There's no reason for him to leave, as far as I can see, uh, but he's just decided he's at that stage of life. Another mayor in, um, I think, Pitt Meadows was saying, you know, she's got, uh, you know, demands on her. Uh, she's got children in school she needs to attend to, wants to spend more time uh, with the family. Uh, again, that's a totally legitimate thing. She may come back into politics some, at some point down the line. And, of course, Gregor Robertson stepping out. Um, you know, I think uh, my impression is that, uh, again, he's done a lot of good things. He did promise to eliminate uh, homelessness by 2015. We know that didn't happen. Um, and, and it may be that he just doesn't feel that there's an issue like that, that he can really move forward. And perhaps we will see another mayor coming in with a, a strong agenda, a lot of passion behind it. The other thing, of course, is that we're changing our system of, 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 of party fine, of, of uh, election finance in, in the province uh, and in, the, in our cities. And so the next elections can be very different because uh, the candidates are going to have to raise money from small donors. We won't be able to rely on those very big gifts that come from developers and other people with deep pockets. I think that's going to change campaigning, and I think it's going to change the way in which 
uh, uh, municipal politics work. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.